Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about lean in reality with the help of special guest Spencer Jacobson of RJ Door Company in Easton, Pennsylvania. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And to say that I'm excited is a little bit uh, of an understatement. But I'll get to that in just a second. As we always do, uh, please uh, give us information, send us information, send us ideas, and maybe even guests. So I wanted to let you know uh, some of the episodes I've been talking about getting a client on. We have found another client. We'll be doing that uh, interview uh, fairly soon. Uh, We are still looking for a trade contractor that you believe Worked, has a good working relationship with general contractors. And we also got a very specific request from a gentleman in Ohio, Central Ohio, who has gotten into carpentry kind of late, like 45, mid 40s, something like that. And he was just wondering if we could get somebody on that's done some training for people in that age range who are coming from another business. In other words, they didn't grow up being carpenters or start you know, carpentry at a young age. So if you know somebody like that, please get in touch with me, Tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So we're going to be talking about lean, L-E-A-N. And I I wish it stood for something, but it doesn't. Uh, uh, It's a hot topic in the construction world. Uh, It started primarily in manufacturing, I believe with Toyota and Deming and some of those guys that I don't even know exactly when, maybe in the 70s, actually. But it's migrated to the commercial uh, world. And now it's slowly starting to get into the residential world and particularly in remodeling. Now, way back many months ago, we had uh, our consultant, Doug Howard, on who has some experience with lean, mostly in Uh, solving some governmental process problems, things like that. And he was on and talked about lean in a more theoretical sense. I mean, he's gotten, he has learned a lot about remodeling, but when we were talking to him about lean, it was more along those uh, theoretical sense. And so the reason we're calling this lean in reality is that Uh, We finally found a guest that's actually trying to make lean work on remodeling site. And so he got in touch with me about some other uh, information. We started talking a little bit. And then, of course, as many of you have heard me say, I said, oh, you got to be on the podcast. So we're going to we're looking forward to I'm that's why I'm so excited about this. I'm really looking forward to hearing what our guest has to say about lean really working in the remodeling world. So Steve, let's get going. All right, let's do it. So Spencer Jacobson is a site foreman for RJ Door Company, a general contractor solely focused on historical restoration. 
He is currently working on a five to six year estate restoration project in the area. After almost four years with the company, he has begun to integrate lean on the job site and within the company. Welcome to the show, Spencer. Thank you both for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. So like I said, I'm pretty excited about this. So let's set the stage for us. Uh, four or five year, you know, estate project. What, what, is, yeah. it, what is it you're working on? Uh, yeah, we, we tend to uh, have a reputation of, of working on pretty large projects uh, within the, the local area. Um, there's a lot of old barns, a lot of old stone farmhouses uh, that need just a lot of work. And um, our customers tend to want to preserve and protect and build things that last. And so um, we started out uh, doing a farmhouse restoration on a property and um, about halfway through the owner said, you know, there's another building on the property that I think would be a good fit. And so we uh, finished that and then we went on to that and then, oh, there's another building. Uh, I think you would be good. And so now we're doing a 1926 Tudor revival, uh, larger, you know, it's about 6,000 square foot home and everything is getting replaced or upgraded or, or, or kept, you know, the, the woodwork, the roof, everything is getting redone. So we will probably end up being there for about six years. Um, and we're in our third, third and a half year now, I guess. Okay. All right. So that's, that's kind of a cool, a cool place to be, I guess. Although I found after going to the same job site for a couple of years in a row, I was really relieved to not have to go there anymore. So I don't, I, maybe in three years, we'll have you back on to see you like, how did you feel when you finally got done? You know, yeah. maybe, maybe you won't get done. Maybe they'll just find more, more things that have to be done. Let's get to the topic. So as I mentioned in the intro, the letters L-E-A-N really have no uh, meaning to them. I'm trying to figure out some fancy, you know, term for them, but, so for you, how do you define lean uh, for you and your work? I define lean as a set of principles that develop excellence through continuous improvement. Um, and think of it like a pair of eyeglasses that you put on and it allows you to see waste and value everywhere in, in everyone. Um, and so some of those principles, uh, that, you know, that, that I've really taken in are, uh, relying on my team, um, taking responsibility for my actions, having respect for others, uh, encouraging teammates to solve problems together, creating long-term goals. Um, and one of those specifically is how is this door going to be in five years when we're done or you know what what building building things that are really going to last and thinking about the end goal um building a stop culture so when there's a problem it's okay everybody stop let's come over and let's look at what's going you know why is the nail gun broken um and that kind of leads into the process uh, part of the the lean principles and and that's that's like the funnest thing for us carpenters to talk about is uh, creating processes and so um, 
the, the processors are built on eliminating waste and there's eight wastes. Um, and I'll go through them real quick. Overproduction, defects, transportation, overprocessing, weighting, wasted motion, extra materials or inventory, and human potential. So within creating, creating processes, you're really eliminating waste by creating those processes. And this is, this is the most tangible stuff about lean. Um, and so there's a, there's a whole set of tools um, within lean that, that mostly come from Toyota. Um, they're kind of the, the, the original lean right. uh, company. And um, so there's, you know, on episode 47, when you talk with Doug, um, the, you talk about the five whys. And so that's basically asking why five times in a row. So uh, why is the, you know, oh, the nail guns jam? Why is the nail gun jam? Well, oh, it's because we're using these nails. Well, where did the nails come? Why are we using those nails? And where, you know, and, and so you create a, a process of determining, getting to the bottom of the problem. Okay, cool. All right. So, Got a little bit, not, we got a big definition there. That was a, that was really good. I, I, I wish I could write faster, developing excellence through continuous improvement. I really like that, that phrase. And I, I think that does uh, give us uh, something to hold on to. So I noticed as we were talking, I think everybody knows that I, I do communicate with our guests ahead of, ahead of time. So it's not just a free for all, but you, you use, several words that maybe it'd be good for us to uh, define. I think I've got five of them here. Kaizen, Kanban, Pocayoke, if I said yeah. it right, uh, Gemba and Crumb Trail. So let's just start with Kaizen. What is that? Kaizen is Japanese for continuous improvement. Okay. And so it, it gets used a lot in talking about lean and, and it really sums up, you know, being in a Kaizen mindset, uh, uh, doing Kaizen, you know, having a Kaizen event. And so that, that really, the, the simple way to put it is it's continuous improvement. Okay. And Kanban, is that? Uh, Kanban. Kanban, okay. Yeah, Kanban is Japanese for a billboard or a signboard or a sign over a, a business, but it, it's, it's been uh, used by Toyota as an inventory management system. And what it, it simply does is it makes sure that you have just enough parts or material to do the job, but you don't have too much and therefore you don't have too little. So it's, okay. it's, it's creating a way of, um, you know, going and getting the materials just in the, in the right time that you need it. Okay. And Pocayoke, is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct pokeyoke that is japanese for mistake proof um and it's it's fun to say you know we <laughs> we try to um make our processes mistake proof so that you can't screw it up you can't you know you you can't miss it wow i that that i gotta hear a little bit more about i'm gonna you know what it made me think of was the games my son used to play the pokemon games you know that's what yeah. i thought about but obviously <laughs> it's not that all right what is gemba Gemba is Japanese for the actual place. Um, and in lean, it's used as the assembly line or the Gemba is where the work is happening. 
So for us, that would be the job site. And of course we can say the job site, but as you begin to read about lean and you learn about all the different um, strategies and stuff, they use the word Gemba a lot. And, and, and so I, uh, I may talk about that a little bit. Okay, what about the crumb trail? That doesn't sound Japanese to me. No, it comes from <laughs> web uh, comes from web development. But uh, uh, Paul Akers and and the people at FastCap who make the two uh, P ten adhesive, which most trim carpenters are familiar with, uh, or the Gluebot, or all the amazing products they make for for woodworking, um, they use that as a way to talk about where the backstock is. And, and I'll get into that in, in some of the improvements that we made. And so a crumb trail is, is sort of like a little, a little tag that says, hey, the, the rest of the, or the bulk items are back in the, you know, back in the job trailer or whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, so Spencer, obviously off to an amazing start and you obviously know what you're talking about, but where did you, where's your background in lean? Where, where did you get all this? Is this self-study or... This is, uh, this is the good old YouTube. Um, oh, wow. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Just wanted to get a baseline of a, so YouTube and any books or anything? Yeah. So, um, YouTube turned me on to FastCap, um, and, and FastCap is owned by Paul Akers, who is, uh, also an author and entrepreneur and just a, he calls himself a lean maniac. And, and <laughs> so he, he loves to promote the, the lean culture online. And um, so I've read his book and that kind of got me, got my feet wet. And then I went kind of to the deep end with some of the Toyota books. And, and that is A-K-E-R, right? Akers? A-K-E-R-S. A-K-E-R-S. And his name is Paul Akers. Yeah. Okay, cool. That, that should get, but really it's self, it's self-driven. I mean, you weren't driven by a boss that said, Hey, we're going lean. So, okay. So yeah. this, was, this was your initiative to make this, make this part of the way you think. Okay, cool. All right. So again, during our pre-show communication, you listed off six or seven different things that you've done in reality on this job site that you consider to be lean. And I'd like to just go down through them one at a time and you just explain, you know, what you did, maybe what was going on beforehand, what you did and how that, you know, fits into some of those waste things that you mentioned uh, earlier. So the first one was just fasteners. What's that about? So um, I feel like this is a classic remodeling uh, case where you've got a big stack of, cardboard five pound and one pound boxes of all these different sorted fasteners. Um, and then maybe someone leaves one out in the rain and it gets wet and then you go to bring it in and the, the nails drop on the floor. Um, we were also experiencing a lot of issues using the impact drivers with screws breaking, uh, partially because the maybe the torque on the impact was too much, but Regardless, they were breaking, and it was it was a huge, huge disruption. Um, just frustrating, you know. Um, right. And then, and then also, you've got temporary. We t tend to put a lot of temporary protections up. So when you go to take those down, it's like, who put this this kind of screw next to this kind of screw? <laughs> I can see and, you know the world, man. You know the world we live yeah. in, and that, this is real stuff. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. 
Um, so I noticed that some people started buying the uh, GRK fasteners and they were holding up really well. And we had a, a site discussion about, you know, these are awesome. Why don't we just use these all the time? Okay, sure. And part of that was sending one person to the store instead of a bunch of different people to the store. And, and we started um, kind of weeding out a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the old fasteners or recycling them or, or scrap metal or whatever. Um, and we just went full GRK because they have pretty much every size that we need. So we standardized the fastener system. And then we took it to another level. We got the cantilever uh, boxes that have the individual bins. And so instead of having, okay, I need to go to this five pound bin for, for this size. And then the, the 10 pound bin for the other size, they're all they're you, You've got them all in these little three inch by four inch uh, containers, plastic containers that you can take out, go do your task, and then you can bring them back at the end of the day. Um, this has been life-changing on the job site, <laughs> especially for our subcontractors who just need a screw or two. Oh, do you have a little one of these? And the other benefit of using the GRK fasteners um, is that they have color-coded tips. Oh, wow. And so we have taken this to the next level by using um, color-coded labels inside the little bins. And they not only tell you what the size of the screw is, but then you've got red for the T15, yellow for the T10, and green for the T25. Uh, so that's a star drive. And we've just found that that's just totally the way to go for us, you know, on yeah. our site. Yeah. Oh, that's really, that's really cool. So standardizing the manufacturer and also then standardize. I can see where like, if you've got a helper on site, go get me a red screw as opposed to a T15 or whatever it was you just said. I think there's just so many really, really cool things there. Are you worried about the future of your business? Are you stuck and unsure about what step to take next? Do you have any doubts about your ability to lead through this crisis? Whether it's business, finance, or production, we have the experienced professional coaches standing by to help you and your team battle through these uncertain times. To learn more about our coaching program and to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with our head coach, Doug Howard, Visit remodelercoach.com today. Now back to the show. All right, cool. So what about the trash cans or garbage cans? Yeah, another common remodeling problem. Um, you've got subcontractors coming in for a day and then going out um, and they bring material and packaging in. And then um, we have great relationships with our subcontractors, but things get left all over the place, water bottles and, uh, you know, fast food cups and, and then lunch garbage uh, was, was becoming an issue. We had a situation where we had a can and it had about several weeks of lunch garbage in it and it didn't have a liner. And so then when it was time to like take it out and then, you know, we just, we just had an issue with stuff being all over the place. Um, so we standardized our garbage cans and we added more, 
Um, we went with the, the Brute plastic, uh, Rubbermaid Brute 32-gallon round cans. And then we used the three mil contractor bags with the flaps. And we, it was sort of like a sociology experiment. It was like, <laughs> if we put the cans there, do you think people will use them? <laughs> And it was, it was for all of us. So it was like, it was like covert lean. It was like, can I, let me put one in every room and see what happens. And of course, everyone used them because they were, they were supporting themselves. You know, there wasn't a bag laying on the floor. It was an open container where people could, could toss stuff into it. Um, so we, we put a, a, a can in every bedroom and, a, you know, a can by the, miter saw station so that when you go to take your cut off off the miter saw you're putting it in the garbage can and that's uh you know eliminating wasted motion yeah so this has got to be about wasted motion because you're eliminating a lot of cleanup and you're eliminating having to walk from one room to another to throw something away um and and just just really cool. So I, you know, I've thought about the chop saw thing with the trash can and I've joked about it in seminars and said, Hey, if you just do this, it'll save wonders. But I've never really thought about how, if the trash cans in the room, people will actually use it. So that's, that's incredible, but that that's really cool. All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about the parking situation. And I know in your, in your communication with me, you talked about how you've got a pretty big site. But my immediate inclination was, you know, small sites, maybe the parking thing is even a bigger deal. Yeah. You know, so yes. give us, give us, talk about that parking thing. Yeah, we, we had us uh, on, on the first site that we started. Um, it was a really tight, small driveway on a pretty busy road. And it got so bad that our portable toilet service refused to clean the toilet because they had nowhere to park. Right. And so talk about the huge problem of, you know, we can't get, we can't get deliveries in. We can't, people are, and it's the constant, Hey, can you move your car? Hey, I need to get in. Oh, I'm just here for, for an hour and then I'll, and then I'll move. And then they're there for two hours. And, and so we, we had, um, you know, a lot of people, then we had people pulling into the grass and they're tearing up the customer's lawn and, um, so when we got to the, the bigger site, we had the option of um, using our excavator to, to create some temporary parking. That was something we, we talked to the owner about. And we basically said, hey, we need to create a parking system. Is that okay with you? Yep, that's fine, totally understand. Um, and then we took it a step further by teaching our newest employees. We had two, two newer people, Adam and Danny. And um, this was, I saw this as an opportunity to teach them about, you know, our parking system. What do we have coming in? Who do we have going out? We have site visitors, architects, we have equipment, we have dumpsters, we have deliveries, we have loading and unloading. Um, we've got a lot of things going on. And I tasked them with the challenge of, I want you to create the parking system. And they looked at me like, uh, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, just be like a valet, like go and get everyone's keys and figure out, okay, where do we park the vans? And it, it took them a couple hours to figure out what's the best place for everyone to park. 
and, and I implored to use visual control. Uh, we have a couple of signs. We, we also have some caution tape and, and such like that. I said, you know, think of a parking lot. You've got handicap zones where only handicapped people can park and you have, um, you know, where you've been to a concert and you drive out in the grass and they've got the, the tape in the grass. You know, there's, there's all kinds of visual controls to do that. And so they came up with an amazing system that allows anybody to park and anybody can get in and out in an emergency just by working together and, you know, asking them questions. Okay. So I'm just sitting here thinking like, I'm 63 years old. I've been doing this, I don't know, 30, maybe 35 years. And I'm going to sit right here and tell you, I never once thought about creating a parking system, you know? And I've been down, you know, like, all right, we need five people to move so this guy can get out of the, yeah. you know, out of the parking lot. You know, it's just like, what a cool idea. What a just, that's why I'm so excited about this topic. Cause I think these are some really, some really great things. Okay. So we've got the cleaning stations. What are the cleaning stations? The cleaning stations are basically a sheet of plywood that's uh, four feet wide, six feet tall and it's propped up by some two by four legs. And um, it holds all of the tools that we need to, to clean our, our sites. Um, let me go back to the problem, which was, you know, again, the subcontractors not um, having access to the proper cleanup tools. You know, we, we would hear a lot of comments within our team of, oh, this guy showed up and he left all this stuff and, you know, uh, and it was like, well, okay, why don't we, are we, are we providing them the tools that, that they need to clean? And the answer was no, you know, we're not, we don't, we've got a push broom that we used one day and someone left it in the corner in the, in the bedroom upstairs. Okay. Well, so we, we came up with the idea to do the cleaning stations and we have one on every floor. We have one in the attic one on the second floor, first floor, and one in the basement. And then we've got one in the garage. <laughs> so when I first talked to the, the team about, okay, we're going to build cleaning stations, they were like, oh, this is so much. Why do we need six brooms? And I said, well, think about how big this house is. You know, uh, you've got to walk all the way around the house three or four times to figure out where's the push broom. So we, we designated them colors. And so, the, you know, the attic is, is uh, green and all the tools, all the cleaning tools on that are, are spray painted or taped green. So you've got uh, duct tape, blue tape, caution tape, pry bar. Then you have a, a large broom, small broom, and a hand broom. You've got a dustpan, a shovel, a bucket and then a roll of contractor bags there. And this, this really initially was for the subs to use. It was like, okay, look, we share all of our stuff. We want you to do the best job possible. So, you know, here it is, but we found that um, we're all using it all the time because it's, it's eliminating the wasted motion. And it also provides a platform for everyone on our team to learn about lean. And it's like, okay, here's this, here's a standardized process. Right. And yeah. Oh, that's, that's so cool. I was going to ask exactly the same. You mean you've got six brooms on a site? Because again, 
you go back and like one shop vac, one broom, one dustpan, one shovel, you know, and that's like, and you got to go find it depending on how big, you know, the, uh, the job site is. So that, that's cool. All right. What about the frequently used materials? Uh, frequently used materials. Um, we, we do restoration. So we kind of have one of everything. Um, and there's very few items that we use very frequently. And right now, um, we are using garbage bags. So, uh, contractor bags, right. uh, we're also using a lot of vacuum bags and we're using screws. And so instead of, uh, taking the Kanban system and applying it to everything, I felt like we need to go in small steps. So we, we did a Kanban card on the garbage bags. And one of the things I found from FastCap was they put the Kanban card in a location that you, you cannot open the material without taking that Kanban card off. And so-, what, so now just clarify, what is the card then? Okay, so the card is a, um, it's, it's a, we, we're using, it could be anything. We're using three by five index cards. Okay. And, and this is part of the Kanban system. And the card says, this is a Kanban card. And it, and put, if you find this, put, put this in the Kanban bin. And so on the back of that card, it says, okay, garbage bags. Where are they? What aisle in the store are they on? And how many to buy? And which stores can you, you know, and then we've got a couple of different suppliers we work with. So we, we put different stores there in case you're going to one store, you could get it there or over there. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is basically a way to streamline those materials that you use a lot of that in your example, maybe somebody does have to go pick them up. And so instead of wandering every aisle in the local store, it's in this aisle, it's at this point in the aisle. So all I have to do is walk in there, pick it up and take it to the checkout and I'm out of there. That's correct. Okay. Um, part, part, of our, part of our problem was uh, making a list. Okay, we're gonna go to the store. Uh, what, are we, what do we need? Um, and I know many people listening will probably think, why are you going to the store? But that's a whole different conversation. Right. Uh, they all know why you're going to the store. They're just having trouble stopping it. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, with lean, you have to start somewhere and it's, it's really important to, to give everyone the tools and the Kanban system was a way for us to show everybody, okay, what is a Kanban? You know, it, and, and we're still learning about what it is and, and how it can really work. And in the manufacturing uh, sector, it, it's a method of, of it's, it's, a, it's a really powerful tool to use about um, doing just enough when you need to. Okay, so let's just, let's do one more of these topics, the weekly guide, because I think, that, I think that's a really uh, fantastic idea that I've been trying to promote with larger crews. And so let's talk about that. Then we've got maybe two or three other questions and then we're gonna wrap this thing up. Yeah, so um, my biggest issue, at what, what, what was happening is I was having a lot of people uh, completing their tasks early, uh, which was great, but it, it created a bottleneck and it was like, hey, uh, 
I'm done with this. What do you want me to do next? And, you know, we, we don't get into tasks without being authorized because with historic work, some things you have to be really careful with. Um, so what, my wife is a teacher. And so I'm, I'm constantly, you know, coming home late. Why are you late? Well, I had to stay and I had to clean up or I had to go around and figure out what everyone was going to do. And, and she said, well, why don't you create a, a list for everyone that they can have, you know, and break it down into small chunks. So we, we decided the weekly guide would work. Um, this was something that completely changed my life. Uh, I, I cannot tell you how amazing this tool is. Um, I started writing it by hand on Monday morning before our meeting and then quickly realized I needed, it needed to be typed. My handwriting is not very good. Um, so by typing it up, therefore I had to plan ahead to figure out, okay, I have to print it. So I'm planning ahead now. I'm figuring out what's everyone going to do for the week and, and, and doing that. And, um, so we've, we've, upgraded it with a safety bulletin, which is part of our weekly safety bulletin related to directly related to safety issues on our site. Um, and then now my latest addition is a timetable where people can track how much time they spent on the tasks given to them. And then I've got a little section of uh, what improvement did you make today? Oh, and that's cool. Yeah, it's really yeah. cool. And um, we're, so we're having weekly meetings and starting to integrate uh, the two second lean method, which is, uh, you know, everyone makes an improvement and then you come to a meeting and you share about it. So we're, we're uh, and it's really important, you know, everyone has a small attention span. So we're doing a 10 minute meeting or a five minute meeting <laughs> about, okay, what are we doing next week? All right, here's your sheet. And then let's talk about the improvements we made so that you're keeping everyone uh, in the loop of, okay, the screws go back on the, on the red bin or whatever. Um, and then you're also getting to celebrate everyone's thought process of, Hey, I, you know, this bugged me or the hard hat kept falling off the hook. And so I, I made a new hook and then it's like, Oh, cool. And we get to, we get to share that. So, I'm just going to rephrase this because I want every single job site manager that ever listens to one of these podcasts to hear this out. You as a job site manager, think ahead every single task that you want someone on your crew to do next week. You print it out and you hand it out. Is it on Friday morning that you hand this out? So you're... You're planning not just like finish framing, but you're planning what each individual person's going to do at least a week ahead. That's and correct. Taping it up. Yes. All right. So again, everybody needs to do that. And doesn't matter whether you like lean or not, you need to do that. <laughs> Did I get excited about it here? <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tim, I know you're probably getting here, but um, what about some case studies? What results have you seen from this added productivity, waste, you know, elimination of waste? What, what have you seen so far that, that's been the resounding uh, benefit of being lean? We have seen a 
tremendous growth in our newer employees uh, learning learning how to do tasks and, and being confident about it. Um, and, and part of that is, you know, there's a little bit of throwing people in the deep end, but yeah. we don't do that until they've worked with our older, or, or, our older carpenters to, to do that a few times because they know what screws to use or they know what glue to use or they know uh, what's, what's really important. And, um, you know, we've seen a tremendous decrease in safety issues um, and people, and then an increase in people being mindful of, oh, let me get the caution tape. This looks really dangerous. Nobody should be stepping in here. Um, and on remodeling, you know, you're also faced with um, sometimes the homeowners living there. And so we, we had a situation where a, another contractor not related to us was working at a client's house. They took a tree out, they left the hole. It was Saturday night, the owner stepped out and broke her leg. Um, and Oof. so a simple piece of caution tape would have, you know, would have helped with that. Um, fortunately, the, the client understood that, you know, it, it is what it is, but we're trying to eliminate that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was going to throw yellow caution exactly. tape. Exactly. <laughs> around that. Right. So basically, but, Spencer, you've seen like a like this is actually part. It works as some training function. There's some training function that is going on for these newer people coming in. And so people that are trying to develop training should be thinking about some of these principles uh, as part of that as well. Certainly. Yes. And and it's it's uh, we have a new employee coming on, uh, I believe, next week. And I'm so thrilled to have that because they're going to figure out where everything is pretty much in the first day. Um, right. Maybe maybe two days it's going to take them to, to figure out where everything is um, just by creating simple processes and, and simple systems that allow everyone to know where everything is at all times. And, and just I think that is worth uh, doing when you're training. Yeah. All and right. Just to add, you know, I read something, um, and this is just us in our normal lives. We spend 42 minutes, this is on average, 42 minutes a day looking for things. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it's just my keys, where's my coat, you know, just here and there, 42 minutes a day. You span that, and you, you look at that in a remodeling company where every job site's different, every job's different, things are everywhere, screws I mean, the time that you guys are going to save, it'd be really interesting to see over a large period of time, you know, what you could calculate data around that would be pretty fascinating. Yeah. yeah. One of the things with the project I'm working on is uh, I have to keep track of everyone's time. And initially uh, I was given paper and coffee and the wind and rain that that didn't work. So I, I went into <laughs> Excel and I started making, uh, I made a spreadsheet on Excel, very simple. Uh, and I'm tracking everyone's tasks pretty much by the hour. So um, we've used some of that data to help for, with estimating and um, you know determining like how long did it take to put those windows in on. And I could go back and pretty much track, um, you know, not, not super accurately, but pretty, get pretty close to figure out um, you know, it took this long to put those windows in. 
Um, and then we can, we can go back later and, and track when we put the next set of windows in, um, you know, the difference of, of, of time there. So yes, we are, we are to answer your question more fully. Yes, we are having a, a tracking method, um, that, that we're keeping track. And that's where the weekly guide comes in, right? Because now everybody can put their hours and I don't have to go around and say, Oh, what'd you do today? And, and I have the iPad and I'm clicking stuff in. They just give me the sheet at the end of the week. That's yeah. really cool. All right, cool. So we, we really need to wrap this up. Um, so I, I want to go back to one of those questions that came up earlier. Like what are some resources you've already mentioned YouTube, uh, Paul Akers, what are some other resources, whether it's books or videos or conferences or anything like that, where if someone wants to learn a little bit more about this lean thing in reality, uh, what could, wh where could they go? Yeah, um, I, think, I think a great place to start is um, on YouTube, check out FastCap, F-A-S-T-C-A-P. Part of their business is for their, their, them to share videos of their improvements within their facility. And it, it is just amazing. It is so breathtaking to watch FastCap do what they do. And, and so then therefore the, the algorithm will point you to other lean companies that are, that are doing that. So that's, that's, a, that's a good one. I must say uh, Paul Akers is a carpenter. He's a woodworker. Okay. Um, and, and so he was, uh, you know, in a shop figuring out something to do and he came up with an invention and that's, that's how he has the company now, but he's a woodworker and he wrote the book uh, called two second lean. And it's really important that I, I share this because he puts his book for free in a bunch of languages and all different platforms. So you've got audio book, uh, YouTube, he's got an app you can listen to it. It's free. So it's, it's uh, sort of a picture book, he calls it, and, but that's a great introduction to lean in a very common sense way. And that's really what turned me on to lean. Um, oh, wow. All right. So anything else? Yeah. Um, within when I read two second lean, there, there's a couple of books that uh, Paul talks about. One of them is the Toyota way by Jeffrey Liker. Um, and that's, that's pretty much like the, the, the deep end of lean. Um, so if, if you get through, the two second lean book and you feel like you really want to get to the source. Um, the Toyota way by Jeffrey Liker is a, is a certainly a heavy duty, um, thing. It's, you know, it took me a while to get through it, but it, <laughs> it really under, it gets you to understand the concept of lean, uh, and really where it comes from. Oh, wow. So <laughs> I just, you know, again, I said at the beginning, I was pretty excited about this whole, uh, episode. And uh, Spencer, you've really uh, given me and I hope the listeners a, a lot to think about. I think uh, the challenge for us in the remodeling world is taking some of these concepts that are really applicable to manufacturing and saying, all right, so how do I adapt them to the world that I live in? And um, I'm, I'm going to have to get to second lean because, you know, I, I definitely want to see what others have thought about. Uh, for that, because uh, th this is just such a cool thing for everybody, and and I just yeah. want to say thank you so much yeah. for taking you know uh, basically an hour out of your day uh, to help us understand this, and again, uh, being one of the first that we've had on that have actually taken these concepts and put them into place on a job site. 
You're, you're so welcome. And, and thank you so much, Tim, for and, and Steve, both for all the work you guys do uh, within the industry, uh, getting everyone to be uh, better at their jobs and, and taking care of each other. So uh, it's really an honor to, to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Take thank care. you. Take care, okay. Spencer. Bye-bye. Well, Tim, that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty amazing. That, I, that one is, uh, I, I do say this too much, but we could do this show with that show for hours. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things where we want to come back and, and, uh, talk to Spencer again after he's got another six months or something under his belt on this job and trying to put these things into place. And I'm not going to go into a lot of conversation because I think he said it very, very well, but I just want to reiterate that definition he gave us right at the very beginning when he started talking, he said, lean is developing excellence through continuous improvement. It's a pair of eyeglasses where you're looking for waste and value. And wow. I just went like, boing, that's the, <laughs> you know, that's what we're trying to do. And almost everything I try to do with businesses when I do consulting, when I do training is exactly that. And lean gives people a structure to put that in that, that helps. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing that spreadsheet that he's got to see like what kind of what kind of changes does it make to actual dollars and cents or hours, if you will, uh, which translate to dollars and cents. Yeah. And the question always is, where do I start? And, uh, yeah. you know, start with yourself and then, you know, put on those eyeglasses. But, um, you know, again, and then you're going to battle with adaptation within the crew. But these are things that show results. I mean, yeah. it is not fun to look for things. It's just yeah. not, you know, when you're, you're <laughs> where is that tool, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's, uh, I don't know. There's, there's so many benefits. It's, it's limitless. It's incredible. And, and I do want to point out that obviously Spencer is a listener because he ended up there with, you know, how <laughs> to say it is what it is. <laughs> that was pretty good. Well, good. Well, once again, we would like to, Thanks, Spencer Jacobson, for joining us today. And sincerely, we always thank you for listening to the ep to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And just like Spencer said during the show, we're here to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.